Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. Happy OTAs Day to those uh, that celebrate. This version of the Pack-A-Day podcast will be brought to you by Ben Albright's Tears, which I am drinking all night long tonight. Uh, And the infrastructure of this podcast is going to be myself. I am Jacob Westendorf. I am your host. And I am joined by the other part of this infrastructure. And that is Jacob Morley, who has decided to return from his Hollywood ways. Uh, but said he was at an amusement park all day with 300 eighth graders. Jake, I, I got to tell you, if that were me, I would have called in sick or some. There's no way. There's no way. I give you credit. I have two kids at home. And when they both like my babysitter's house, she has like 12 of them. And sometimes they and they range in ages. But when they all start screaming, I can't get out of there fast enough. Like whether it's I'm dropping the kids off or picking them up, I sprint out of there because it just drives me absolutely insane. But how are you? It's been a minute. I'm good. And it's, man, it's not that bad. Like we had, you know, 300 kids. The kids that get to go are ones that, you know, they do, they do what's right every single day. So it's pretty simple. You know, you kind of just get to the amusement park and you let them, you let them go and they do their thing and they do a good job of it. And the, uh, you know, the infrastructure of the park is set up in such a way that, you know, it can accommodate a lot of people, you know, kind of coming to and from, you know, different areas that, so that don't it, actually live there. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? Yeah. In a, in a small, in a, it's in a small little suburb of Kansas city as well. I mean, it's crazy, crazy how they built it. So that's, that's great. That's good. I'm happy to hear that the infrastructure of Kansas city can handle that. And for those of you that are not catching on to these very obvious jokes, uh, the news of the day is the draft in 2025 is going to be hosted by Lambeau Field, Green Bay, Wisconsin. There's been a lot of speculation. Mark Murphy has openly talked about it. He has said they have aspirations of hosting a Super Bowl. I can tell you there is, not to have a bad pun here, but there's a snowball's chance in hell of that actually happening. There is no way the NFL is ever going to have the Super Bowl in a city where the game could actually freeze and or have just a, a blizzard type of thing. I, I think they tried that once with New York to say they tried it. And then that was the end of that. 
Um, but that's that. Um, so the draft is going to be in Green Bay. Uh, I have been on draft weekend the last two years at a wedding. So as soon as the announcement came out, I made the announcement. If you are getting married on draft weekend in 2025, I'm not going. So Morley, you're already married. If you have a baby shower or something that weekend, I'm not coming to it. Uh, my friends out here for anything, if you're married, haven't like somebody better be, I don't even want to put that into the universe, but you know, there's like two things that would keep me from being in, in green Bay for, for this particular draft. So I'm not going to put that energy into the air to quote Aaron Rodgers, but those would be the kinds of things that would keep me out of this, but I'm excited. Um, I love the city of green Bay. I am not from there. I was a transplant. I lived there for a couple of years. It is one of my favorite places in the world. I am excited for the non-elitist snobs like Ben Albright to come to Green Bay and experience it that have never been. Like Matt Miller tweeted out that he's never been to Lambeau before, so he's going to come for the draft. I think that's awesome. I look forward to seeing these people get to experience it for the very first time. Um, go around, have some cheese curds, uh, fish fry on Friday nights, just seeing the local businesses and the local economy just have an absolute boom. And really, when it comes to hosting of events, this is about as good as Green Bay can get. And we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I know we've made the jokes about infrastructure. I don't think I can. So, for example, when the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis, we had to stay in, and I was there. We had to stay an hour away from the stadium. So I don't think that's particularly uncommon. Oshkosh, Appleton, Fond du Lac. Milwaukee places like that are all an hour away from green Bay, an hour or less, I should say away from green Bay. And then you can get into some other smaller areas and stuff like that to the Northwest and, and the West there in central Wisconsin. So, I mean, I don't think that's going to be as big of a problem, but we'll see. I, I'll say this, if it is a problem, this will be a one and done thing. But if this is successful um, as like, I think it's going to be, then this is going to be something that is put into the rotation. The NFL very clearly does love and value the history that green Bay, Wisconsin brings. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not the cup of tea of some of the, like I said, the elitists that want everything to be in New York city and Los Angeles, but it's cool. It's kind of, to me, this could become something like not every year, like the combine is, but the combine in Indianapolis, it's a nice little Midwest town. We all go hang out there. We have drinks at some of these bars. It's set up well for that. It's a little bit different, but I do think green Bay, if this does goes well, could be put into a rotation for that. Morley, what are your thoughts on, on I Lambo mean, getting yeah. the draft? We, we've said it before, like the draft is Comic-Con for NFL fans. If you are really into the draft, you're, you're pretty thick into the NFL. And I just watched Kansas City pull off the draft phenomenally, right? And Kansas City is by no stretch of the imagination a major market. Um, Kansas City was shut down that weekend. It was hard to get around Kansas City that weekend. Guess what? It's going to be hard to get around Green Bay that weekend as well. Guess what? Green Bay hosts eight home games every single year. They seat, uh, I think they have the second highest capacity in the NFL. In some way, somehow, they fit literally one-fifth of the population into Lambeau Field, you know, on Sundays, you know, eight weeks out of the year, and people come and go, and it is fine. And I think what people and and the real big you know NFL enthusiasts and draft enthusiasts uh, that are going to come to you know let's face it this is the mecca of the NFL they're going to come and find out oh I park in someone's driveway I park in someone's yard 
that's weird until you step out of the car and realize you're already at the party. You're mm -hmm. there. You made it. You know, like it is going to be blocks and blocks of parties uh, aside from the main attraction. And I think that is what the big draw is, is I think a lot of people, like I said, that aren't just going to, you know, turn their nose up and be like, I can't just take a tram to the stadium and, and get out and go to what the Which, event. Okay. Like, like in the, in this day and age where Uber is what it is and Lyft and just all these different, like what the hell is the, and maybe I'm a Midwest hillbilly. Like maybe that is what I am, but what the hell is the difference? Like, and you know what, Jacob, you know, who else is a, a, a Midwestern hillbilly, literally all of like the upper Midwest. And I don't mean that derogatory at all. I mean that in you, you better damn well believe that people from the surrounding states in the Midwest are going to show up in droves and not give a shit that it's not New York, that it's not in LA. There are a lot of us. There are a lot of us and they're going to be there. There's a lot. Like it might be 99% Packers fans at the draft. And guess what? You will still get your projected 250,000 fans there because the Packers are a huge enterprise. It is not just in Green Bay. 537,000 to date shareholders. 537,000. So if half of them show lot. up, and yes. that's shareholders, right? I mean, it's attendance is not going to be an issue. And I think that's nope. where some people are missing the mark is like it, it maybe isn't going to be, you know, your convenience, like you said. And a lot of like the media, they don't get to. And, and, I, and I don't want to just, you know, take a dump on all of the national media because it's not all of them. And it mostly is just Albright. And Packers Twitter is absolutely going after him right now. And good, it's kind of funny. Good. Uh, there's but, something but we can was, unite over. It's that that guy sucks. I mean. It was a dumb. It's just a. It was just a dumb thing to say. Just a really dumb thing to say about, you know, just it. There's a, there's unwritten rules, you know, in life. You, you don't make fun of certain people for certain things. You don't do this. You don't do that. You know. You don't come after Green Bay, Wisconsin about a football event, please. No. You well, think here, they're going to struggle me, with let that? Me say this. Yeah. Let me say this. If he thinks that they don't have the infrastructure, fine. You're wrong, I think. But there are other people who think that. Rob Domowski, for example, tweeted out concerns. Uh, Ryan Wood tweeted out concerns. But one of them did it in a way. You guys ever see the episode of South Park where they all drive hybrids and the people from San Francisco are smug and then like they smell their own farts? Like that is how I picture Ben Albright tweeting some of the things about green Bay and, and the city as a whole, which is hilarious. Cause he like, he covers a team in Denver, Colorado, which isn't exactly a, a massive, you know, it's not a bright lights and, and boo rah rah city kind of thing, but that's beside the point. Let's move on. Green Bay for the draft is going to be awesome. It's going to be in 2025. I've already talked to my friends. I'm staying with somebody, whether it comes down to that or not. If you are going to the draft, I would love to see you there. This will be a great, like, what'd you say Morley? It's, it's comic-con for, mm -hmm. for, for football yeah. fans. So I am looking forward to spending, I already told my mom, my wife, my kids, I'm hopefully going to be able to bring some of those people with us and everything. It just kind of depends on how everything goes two years from now. But um, I, I mean, it's already in the plans and I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. It's awesome. Like I said, Green Bay is never going to get the Super Bowl. They don't need to, um, you know, as, as awesome as I think that could be, 
I'm like, okay with sacrificing that essentially, but I think this is going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also going to be a lot of fun is starting yesterday on today. As you guys are listening is the media availability for um, Packers OTAs and nothing open to the media today, but the Packers did practice. So I had somebody ask Morley, what, what is the first thing that you have your eye on? Whether it's, is this person in attendance? Where does this guy, you know, what, what flashes, what pops, what's something that, that catches your eye immediately coming out of, I mean, granted, like it's in shorts, it's in shells, but like, this is all we got for now. This is football content. So what we have, um, so I'm looking, what are you looking forward to in these next couple of days? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. I mean, you just, you always want to hear about the guys looking like they belong, right? I mean, and that's, that's the big thing. Can they, even in their, the underwear Olympics, that is kind of the, OTAs but can't can they look like they're picking things up you expect the mistakes um you, you're gonna hear those things about the rookies they they messed this up they did that wrong blah 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 you want to hear the good stuff right you want to hear that they're also making plays that they're flashing um and some guys that we remember in the past um and and I'll give you three because one of them is is a good reminder that OTAs are not everything uh Micah Hyde pretty much from day one people were like oh this guy's really good. <laughs> like, I think I think people missed on him. 
Um, Greg Jennings was another guy that pretty much from day one, you heard like, man, he's looking like a vet. He looks like a veteran out there. Like he's picking up the offense quickly. He's learning all three receiver positions quickly. Like that's the stuff you want to hear. But then I, I will also throw out Josh Jones, the safety out of North Carolina state. You know, he was the guy that popped immediately on day one of OTAs and he didn't pan out. Right. So, um, you take it all with a grain of salt. You still want to hear those things. You know, if someone comes out and hypes up one of these players like they were with Josh Jones. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shy away from it. Right. I mean, you get excited about that stuff. Um, A guy that specifically to me um, has, has stood out and from who I've talked to um, and I've, and, and, and who I've heard from even in publications, the coaching staff talking about, and I think it was uh, Vrabel, the wide receivers coach even said the coaches were coming up to him and being like, dude, this Jaden Reed kid is really good. Um, I'm excited to watch him because he he kind of gives me the the Greg Jennings vibes of you know maybe not the play style maybe not everything else but just the fact that hey he looks like he belongs right away he looks like a, a more veteran guy he is a little bit older as a prospect he's a, he's more of a season type player you know can he come in and kind of do the inside outside stuff like what's his role gonna be you know are they want him to be the motion guy do they want him playing primarily in the slot or are they gonna kick him outside and let him try to live on the outside as well uh, those are things that i think you don't get answered in otas but those are things that i think you can at least ponder upon and maybe take some information from um but jacob i mean this is such a a fun class for kind of the underwear type practices because they drafted so many athlete athletic pass catchers Yes. And and with those guys, you know, Lucas Van Ness, we're not going to know Jack Squad about from OTAs. Nope. We're just not. And, nope. uh, you know, any of those big guys, you just don't until the pads come on. That's fine. Like Lucas, you know, hopefully he goes out there and moves well and we get the pictures of him looking like Hercules. And like, that's all fun and that's all great. But we won't know. We won't. We just won't. Um, but with the receivers, I think you can kind of tell, like, who's picking things up. Um, who is maybe further along in their development than the other ones. Uh, and, uh, you know, no one, no one's a Hall of Famer after one OTAs, but it is certainly um, something to fun that's fun to watch, right? And like you said already, this is what we got. <laughs> this is what we got right now. We're going to dissect it. We're going to talk about it way too much, um, but it is what it is. Um, it, you know, even even last year, Romeo. Romeo Dobbs was a kid that came in right away. And people are like, wait a second, who's 87? You know, so it, it is stuff that can carry over into the regular season um, as rookies. And you can kind of trace it all the way back to these OTAs. Um, there's also other guys uh, like Christian Watson, who I don't think even did anything in OTAs. Um, you know, so it, it it is what it is. But th- that's the stuff that I'm looking for. And that's the stuff that I'm most excited for. I love I love the fluff pieces that come out during this time of year. Um, I love loved the Samari Toure best shape of play, your life. Play, best shape of his life. Oh man, I eat that stuff up. Um, he's another one. He but he is another one. You, you, we just I just talked about the rookies. What do these year two guys look like? How how are they coming in? How what did their offseason look like? You know, specifically the receivers. There's putting they're gonna put so much on Christian Romeo's and Samori's plate this year. It seems like, like Samori has been brought up almost every time a microphone is put in front of an offensive coach's face. they talk about him unprompted. So they did the same thing with Tyler Davis last year. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, I think Toure is already, I think you pointed this out, Jacob Toure is already 
had more <laughs> to, to go off of than Tyler Davis ever did. Uh, he but, caught I mean, a pass the, last season got, without fumbling the football. So, like, yeah. I mean, that's disrespectful to Tyler Davis, and I say that in jest. But, yeah, I, I, Toure is somebody, because um, I thought once they drafted – honestly, once they drafted Wicks, I was like, that could be the end of the line for, for Toure. And then they drafted DeBose, and I was like, uh, okay, that's going to be interesting to – just keep track of, but you're right. They have talked about him at every chance they've gotten. Um, I said today, I'm excited to just see here, whatever. And these are things that, you know, maybe they're not quantifiable. Maybe they don't mean anything when things start, but you know, the starting quarterback is in, in attendance for OTAs this year. So I say that to say, how is he commanding the offense? Uh, one of the things that I have been quick to point out to people is Jordan love is not a rookie. Uh, Jordan Love is a first-year starter, but he is not a rookie. Those are two different things. So I was encouraged last week when I heard Stenovich say the Packers have the whole playbook at their disposal. That is something that would be – they wouldn't have that if Jordan Love were a rookie, for example, if you have to scale back the playbook. Like Jordan Love is going into year three uh, in this – or year four, excuse me, right? Yeah, this is year four. So this is his fourth year in the offense. He should have this thing mastered. And it sounds like he does. So that's good. So I want to know what's his command of the offense like. Um, the other things I just like to look at, and again, maybe it means something, maybe it means nothing. But like last year, OTAs, Quay Walker lined up as a starter immediately. Darnell Savage lined up as a starter immediately years ago. Uh, Josh Myers lined up as a starter immediately during that offseason. Those are three guys that way. You know, does LV line up as the other edge guy across from Preston Smith if he's in attendance? Um, something else that I'm not trying to stir the pot here or anything like that, but you know, the example I've, I've given before is in the past when there's a quarterback, the quarterback controversy that I could think of that was um, that I can just remember some of the details of it. And we've talked to people that know a few things about those details was when, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles and then there were Foles guys and there were Wentz guys. Well, I can almost promise you there are guys in the locker room right now for the Packers that think Aaron Rodgers should have been kept to be the starting quarterback in 2023. That's not to say they don't believe in Jordan Love, but it's just to say that there are guys like that that believe that. Now, again, the two names I dropped earlier today on WDZ that like just make sense as guys that could, and I don't know if they do, but they could. David Bakhtiari, Preston Smith. Um, are those guys in attendance at all? You know, they both got financial incentive, I believe, to be there, but that hasn't mattered in the past. I would like to just to quell some of the drama with Bakhtiari is if he were just there and, and doing the football stuff with the team, especially in a year like this where it is a transition year. He is a veteran on the team. He's a leader of the team, stuff like that. Um, I would like for that. But, you know, that's kind of my thing is are those guys there? And are they taking part of these things? Because, you know, that's where some of the stuff comes from. And who are guys lining up? You know, I remember during the COVID offseason, we got a, a tweet from the beat writers saying, like, they were stunned at who lined up with the starters on the first day. So that would have been going into the 2020 COVID season. And we found out later the answer to that question was Josiah DeGuara. And it was just how, who, you know, what, what do they have plans for? I think that guy, like you mentioned, is Jaden Reed. Um, not that he's a surprise like DeGuara might have been back then, but I just think that number one, Green Bay might have like a shortage of like everybody keeps talking about the return of 12 personnel for, for this year. 
I actually think they could go more four wide if Toure pans out and they have Reed just the way that they like him, simply because the tight end room is so young. Um, and I think they have some formational diversity that way. But if Reed Reed's learning curve is a little bit shorter than Musgrave and Kraft. So having the, him on the field with Watson, with Dobbs and, and Toure, if he's the other guy, um, or it's Wicks or somebody, you know, whoever else it is. But I think that's a possibility. But I'm excited to just kind of see where guys are lining up, who's there and who's not. I'm excited to overreact to that. But I will say this. And I remember when I was in high school and that we always had quote unquote camp in the summer. And basically what that meant was we have practice. We just have to call it camp because we can't do that. The Packers have said all the right things. It is voluntary, blah, blah, blah. You could tell they want their guys there. Um, Gutekunst has said, you know, we'd love for all of our players to be here. Uh, And that was a reported sticking point with Aaron Rodgers. You know, Rodgers wasn't there. And when Rodgers wasn't there, some other players last year specifically kind of followed suit. Now, not that they were necessarily connected. It's just that's how that happened. And when the starter starting quarterback's not there, it's kind of a when the cat's away, the mice will play type of type of thing, potentially there. Um, just real quick, Morley, before we close here, as we stand here right now, it's May 23rd. I know we got a long way to go, but what would you say right now the Packers' biggest strength is positionally? on their team going into the season as we stand right now. Hmm. Man, they're just so young. They're so young everywhere. I would, as a group, I'd probably say their offensive line or running back, you know, like, or if you want to pair those together, offensive line, running back, I know that's kind of a cop out, but you know, wide receiver, they're super young, talented, tight end talent. The secondary, even in itself, like you want to throw Jair and Rasul, like that's fine. But then like you've got question marks at the safety position and Stokes and all that. So I think, you know, offensive line is where where they're deepest. Um, I, I would I would put it offensive line 1A, running back 1B. Okay. And then I agree with those. The other, uh, the other thing that I am going to – um, jump in there with is, is linebacker um, for a couple reasons. Corner also, if, if Stokes is healthy, but even if Stokes isn't healthy, I think they're in a pretty good spot there either way. But linebacker, I am very high on Quay Walker. Uh, I said last week that he's one of the guys I, I really have an eye on this off season. Uh, it's a, there's a big if the, if being, if the maturity issues have, have fixed themselves, which maybe they have, maybe they haven't, we don't know. But that light for him was starting to come on at the end of last year. I thought he was playing very well. But even in that Lions game before he got tossed, I thought he was playing well uh, that particular night. So I'm excited to see him. I think Devondre Campbell having to do a little more playing and a little less babysitting, and that's not a knock. That's just how it works when you play next to a rookie. I think that he could have a – I don't think he's going to be an all-pro, but I think he could have a return to that. 2021 type of form, you know, even if he's just 85% of that or something like that, that's a really good player for the Packers. Uh, we've talked about concerns and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll save that for another day as we get closer to camp, but we're out of time. Appreciate Morley for joining me. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Jacob Morley. You can follow me. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westerf. I want to thank every single person that is listening to this, that bought a draft guide. Uh, that was a huge success for us this year. The infrastructure of that guide is in place for next year. That's the last time I'll make that joke tonight, I promise. But we are looking to some really big and better things for next year. So I appreciate you guys stopping by. I appreciate you guys listening. 
to myself and Morley will be here all off season long, getting closer and closer to uh, some football on the field. We have the schedule. We have the preseason schedule. Uh, we have OTAs going on. Mandatory mini camp will be soon enough. And then it's training camp and then it's opening day. So thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.